Well, grace, peace, and mercy be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Oh, what a, what a great song to be able to precede our message for tonight. That connection that we have to our Lord. That we are this, this vine and this branch. is a beautiful allegory that we'll talk about. Three scripture texts tonight that really bring together that element of connection that we have in God. And also the transformation that is produced because of his love. Tonight, I want to focus on that gospel text that Pastor Allen read for us. And it begins with those two unique words, I am. Uh, In the gospel of John, we have this uh, unique presentation of these seven different I am statements. Seven different statements in which Jesus himself is revealing to us, the hearer, a small piece about him and who he is unto us. You've heard these statements before. Uh, I am the the good shepherd. I am the the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, I am the resurrection. All these different elements. I am the bread of life that God presents to us. And tonight, we hear that seventh and final statement. I am the vine, Jesus says. What is this master storyteller trying to produce unto your ears tonight? What is the message that he wants to give to you and to me as we gaze upon these words? We are this people, this Lenten people gathered here tonight. A people who were fed by this bread of life, a people who proclaim the light of the world unto others, a church that's united in, with, and under the resurrection and the life. The one who says, I am, goes together real well with our Sunday series in the book of Exodus that we've been looking at, as God reveals himself to his chosen people, and again, unto us, as this Lenten theme draws us closer and closer to who God is, because in that message, we discover who we are. Who are we? Because God is, who are we? Well, it's an interesting declaration that we have in this series, right? Pastor Allen said this is, this is week five. Do you remember the, the theme that we have? The words that, that we were told on Ash Wednesday. You are dust, we hear. That's the identity that we receive. You are dust. Really? That's the title that you and I are given? I was looking under the sink in my my house just this week, and I saw two products in there uh, in the cleaning area. One of them was called End Dust, and the other one was called Dust Off. Both pretty clear statements. After all, what, what what is dust? Something that we try to get rid of. Something that we try to eliminate from our lives. Maybe you've had visitors come to your house before, and they comment on things. And maybe somebody has told you, you know, that is a, that is a beautiful kitchen table that you have. Boy, I, I really like your chandelier. It, it's just magnificent. But has anybody tell me, but out of all the things you have here, you have to tell me, where did you get this dust no, no one has ever told you that before. So why does God call us that? Why does he refer to us as dust? Again, let's listen to him tonight. Because of God 
and who he is, again, we receive our identity of who we are. Reiterate and reproduce this text with me again tonight. Uh, John chapter 15, verses 1 and 2. Let's review those. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. We think about this story that Christ tells today. Uh, During his time, this tending of vineyards would have been uh, so important. It would have been a major piece of the economy that surrounds Jesus, a vital piece. And Israel is this ideal climate for being able to grow these grapes. Jesus begins our text today with painting this picture of the relationship he has with God the Father and also the relationship that we have with him. Jesus describes himself as being this vine. We hear that in the first few words, I am the vine. And he describes us as being the branches. And God the Father is being the gardener. So what does that mean? Now we've moved from dust to being branches. Is that an upgrade? Maybe in some ways. What does it mean to be those, those branches? Because it seems maybe a little uncomfortable to me when I look at that text again tonight. You see, Jesus speaks of these two different types of branches. Neither description seems very pleasant, though. Branches that need to be cut or branches that need to be pruned. Just as this gardener walks through and removes any type of dead foliage throughout his garden, any unfruitful branches, we recognize that our our Heavenly Father does the same exact thing for us talks about our salvation in in Christ. And he talks about this attempt to have, as we hear in those three passages, a greater connection with him. We have a problem often that you and I, as as men and women in this world, uh, fight against that or work against that. Uh, We don't have a problem connecting. We love to be able to, to connect to other people, to other things, but often we connect to those people or to those things uh, before and above our connection that we have with Christ. But that only leads down one path if we stay connected to those items. The path that we sang about in both of our songs tonight. A path that would ultimately lead us to death. You know, every branch that remains connected in our text receives this, this great uh, about abundance of, of life and this opportunity A true opportunity to be able to produce fruit. But even those fruitful branches are also pruned throughout our text. Pruning is defined as cutting off these these dead or these unfruitful elements to promote growth inside of a plant. Uh, In the Greek text, it actually talks about pruning this concept of lifting the plant up. Getting rid of all this excess deadness so that the plant can thrive, so that it can grow and be more full. And nothing says in our lives that pruning is going to be easy when the Lord does that with us. But it does tell us that it's going to be beneficial in his works, as this great gardener is working on our lives. And so maybe we pause there for a second and we ask ourselves that that question tonight. What are the, the areas of my life that need to be pruned by God? What are the things that need to be clipped and need to be given over to him? The things that need to be cleaned up 
so that I can be better connected to him, so that I can better grow in my faith and be lifted up, so that I can better produce fruit for my heavenly Father. We move on. John 15, verses 3 and 4. Jesus says, You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Again, our problem isn't the concept of, of connection. The problem is who we are connected to. What are we, what are we drawn to? What uh, captures our attention? What captures our sight? What captures our ears? All of our senses. And where do we remain? Zookeepers in uh, the African preserves say that there is this, this one tricky animal that is difficult to catch more than, than any of the others. It's this little ringtail monkey, this squirrely little guy that's, that's very agile. He is very fast, and it's tough to be able to, to capture him. Uh, they have found one way to be able to get a hold of this little guy. You see, one of the things that truly tempts this monkey are is a certain type of, of melon. And it's not the melon itself. It's these little seeds that grow within this melon. And so what they do is they find these melons that are connected still to the plant itself. And they drill a small hole in the top of this melon. When the little ringtail monkey comes by, he reaches his hand down inside this melon. And he grabs a handful of those seeds. And then he pulls them. He can't pull them out. Because when he clenches his fist, it is too big for the hole. But guess what? All that little monkey has to do is simply let go of those seeds and he will be free, but he won't. That little guy will sit there and scream. That little guy will sit there and, and yell. That little sit, guy will sit there and, and jump around as much as he can, but he will not let go of those seeds. He is caught. He is stuck. He refuses to let go. And this is the danger of our sin. That we are tempted by something other than the fruit God calls us to. That we want to be able to reach out and, and grab it as soon as we come across it. And we're trapped in our own sin. Just, just hanging on. You've done it. Uh, we hold on to our bitterness. We hold on to our, our pride. We hold on to our resentment. We hold on to uh, the old ways that we have. That old man or woman that still lives inside of us, we hold on to that sin. So we ask ourselves again another question tonight. In whose do we remain? What vine am I connected to? What fruit am I trying to produce in my life? Fruit of the world or fruit that is eternal of the Lord? This is a daily struggle, everyone. A daily struggle, right? Martin Luther tells us that over and over and over again. Remember your baptism daily. Why? Because we need to. He probably should have said by the minute, right? We need to remember whose we are and what the Lord has done for us. Again, we move on. John 15, verses 5 through 6. Hear it again. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. 
If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. Look at the the relevance of this. We are some 2,000 years removed from these two words of Jesus that he speaks on this faithful night, uh, yet they remain as powerful today as they were then. All of us know what happens when you, when you clip a, a flower off of a plant, a leaf off of a plant, a branch off of a plant. You take it away from the connection that it, that it has. It begins to fade, begins to wither, and eventually it dies. That connection that we have is of utmost importance to the Lord. As God's children, we are called to seek this personal relationship with our Savior in so many different ways. And he gives you and me the tools to be able to do so. The tools through our baptism. The times that we do celebrate together the Lord's Supper here. Moments like tonight when we hear the word of the Lord dedicated and given specifically for us. Are we using those those gifts? Are we producing fruit through those things? This relationship connects us together with our Savior, but you know what? All of these things connect us together with one another, too. Those who sit to your left and to your right tonight, those who are in front of you, those who are, who are behind you, those who maybe couldn't make it here tonight from our congregation, all of us in this mission that we have of leading people to follow Jesus, it strengthens who we are, and, and, it, and it builds up the mission for which we have. And when those around us are able to witness the fruits of this labor, they witness the saving works of Christ. Is that the fruit we are giving in our community? Jesus continues to echo his concept of connection. Our final verses, uh, verses 7 and 8. Again, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. See, it's, it's impossible for us to live appropriately, to, to pray appropriately, uh, to be uh, disciples appropriately, apart from living a life built and connected in Christ. Because as his word truly enters into our lives and, and changes us, our outlook is shaped differently. The ways of the world fade even more. They turn into those, those fables that we do not believe in anymore because we know where our foundation lies. Remaining in Jesus and glorifying God is, is a growth process. It's a piece of maturity. We never fully, fully get there until the time that we will be in heaven together. On this earth, it's a constant journey that we have, a daily journey as we mentioned before, being able to always continue to go back to what does Christ have for me? Well, he has a mission. He has a purpose for us to be these disciples, for us to bear fruit in his name. I love being in my, in my backyard during this time of year. I was out there this weekend, and I, I see the orange tree I have in the corner and all the flowers that are coming off of it. Maybe you have one too, uh, and I know it's going to produce fruit. It's going to produce oranges. I see my lemon tree 
uh, to the other side, and I see the same thing. It's producing these, these brilliant flowers, and I know it's going to produce lemons. Uh, I have a lime tree, and I see the lime tree off to the side, and same thing. It's producing the, those flowers, those beautiful flowers, because it's going to produce limes, because each one of those are called to be able to have a purpose, and that's what they're going to do. What is the fruit that God is calling you to produce? How has he grown you? How is he lifting you up? How is he, he pruning you now? What is the fruit that God has designed you to produce? And you know what? As I think about those trees, as each of them grow up, they grow directly from the dust that is in the ground. Maybe dust, while on its own, really is nothing, a dust that has this purposeful touch of our Savior becomes something very, very different. After all, think about it. In the very beginning, it's God himself that we are told takes the the dust of the ground and he forms man. He forms Adam. He creates all of humankind. He does that for us with something as simple as dust. In our Exodus series, one of the the plagues that come to show that God is God. Uh, God commands Aaron to be able to touch the the dust of the ground and for the dust to turn into all of these gnats to go and show God's power and to eventually uh, cause this freedom and this grant of release of slavery for God's people. It happens all through through dust because God, God touches it. Uh, for the mighty prophet Ezekiel, when the Lord tells him to prophesy to these, these dry, dusty bones, they, they come alive with bone and, and, and sinew and, and meat upon them, and they are raised up again, all through, through, through dust and God touching. In the gospel text, when Jesus comes face to face with the man who has been born blind, and he scoops up the dust from the ground and he spits in it and he makes mud and he places it upon his eyes and he is healed. Remember your identity as we are in week five of this Lenten theme, that you are dust. Though you are this dust that is again touched by God. You are his disciples, a people charged with glorifying God and changing the world, providing good news of salvation and producing fruit that builds the kingdom of heaven. Don't doubt what God can do through dust. Don't doubt what God can do through you. Think about it. It, it was just this, this dusty stable in Bethlehem that nobody knew anything about until it was touched by God. It was just this dusty, old, rugged cross, a symbol of death that was sitting off to the side that was collecting dust until it was truly touched by God. It was just a tomb, a cave-like shape with a a rock rolled in front of it that was covered by dust, and that's all it was, this cold, dark place until it was touched by God. And because of all of these blessings, you have been created You have been healed. You have been forgiven. Dust that is touched by God. Disciples that are saved by Christ. Let's pray. 
Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, uh, what a great uh, calling that we have as your disciples to be able to share uh, the fruits of your kingdom uh, with so many. Please produce these things within us, Lord. Uh, we, we know that we, we fight against them, that we try to remain connected or reach out for other things in this world. Call us back. Use your spirit to call us back and to, to set us apart with a purpose. Lord, we know what you have meant for us. We know what you have done for this world through uh, not a, a simple, small gift, but something that was extravagant. Giving your one and only son so that we may be here tonight looking forward to celebrating a Friday that is good and an Easter that is just as excellent. Do that for us every day, Lord, that we may know the power of the son that has come for each one of us. Dust that is forgiven, dust to disciples. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.